This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast, episode 116. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker, and I'm joined by host Deucer. That's your new name. Host Deucer. Host Deucer, Chris Hayes. I don't know if I like that title host or not. Host Deucer. Uh, I'll you could be Prost. Uh, what's cracking? It just work. Just work and running three companies at once and going a little crazy. Just slaving for the man. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we are joined by a special guest today, a repeat guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Pirelli World Champion, Pirelli World Challenge racer, Duncan Indy. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming back, good sir. My pleasure. It's always good to be here. Uh, we have a bonus guest, Mr. Jonathan Klein from Bold Ride, fresh off dumping on his ass <laughs> off a motorcycle. I did. Yes. Uh, you can read it all online at boldride.com slash whatever the hell the URL is. Just go to Bold Ride and search for I it. I fucked up a bike. Yep. Awesomeness. <laughs> that you're okay. Yeah. It makes for a good story. It made for a great story. That you're going to live and not be, like, special. Like... <laughs> I was well, he's already old. special. <laughs> I was going to say, you've already been kind of special. That's yeah, just so. always. More special. A little um, frontada. <laughs> so, Duncan, before we dive into your world, we're going to just go into some car news in general first. Um, so, normally we do new car news, but I'm just going to expand this to be car news because why just – other cars are cooler than why not new cars and we talk about racing and old cars and all kinds of other shit but first up uh in the news lexus is going to test no haggle pricing like car mass car max x minus i can't talk right now i think it's your beer oh well you know i i try yeah i try to improve things from the start so lexus is going scion uh lexus is going saturn Saturn. Saturn. no 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 scion does it too they do yeah they do Oh, wow. I did they not know no that. That shows too. you how much we care about <laughs> right. Scion. And they're not, they're not immediately going away. So they're not going Saturn. Right. They're so hoping to go Scion. Now we've got two out of three Toyota brands that are going to be fixed pricing. Well, well, Lexus, though, it's my, if I could speak, I could get to the next bullet point, which I couldn't because this Lagunitas daytime that Duncan brought is already hitting my system nicely, um, even though it's a lower alcohol beer. <clears throat> Twelve of its 230 dealers, they're going to try it as a concept. That's what I was going to say. So what you're telling me is that people are going to go to the other dealers. <laughs> Maybe. The crazy thing, though, is it's not Lexus setting the pricing. The dealer sets the pricing. So if you live in... Hollywood, and someone wants a Lexus, you're like, oh, yeah, that RX, it's only 150 grand now. Or if you live in Boy, or it could be the flip side, though. It could be spitting them out like hotcakes so where everybody's buying Lexus. The price isn't set by the deal, isn't set by the manufacturer, set by the dealer. Mm-hmm. So basically, what they're doing is trying to call the dealer network and get rid of the people they don't like. Because they're going to just shoot up the value, and they're going to shoot up the price, and every other dealer is going to be able to make, you know, going to be able to fudge on it one way or another. Yeah, so. but on the flip side, say you have a dealer like, Westminster, which is one of the, it's a huge fucking Lexus dealership. Mm-hmm. They have waterfalls, and I think they have a Starbucks in Stuyvesant. They have tons of stuff going on in there. They could drop the price way below whatever another Lexus is, and just churn out volume like a madman. I guess this is why this is an experiment. We'll see. Yeah, right. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I, I'm kind of wondering at a certain point when we're just going to do this because 
I think the U.S. is really the only market left that still does this weird haggling over car prices. Well, every I think other Romania country does. Yeah, every other country oh, actually just goes in. I want this, this, and this. Uh, you know what options you want. They purchase it there, then they get it in a couple months. Hmm. Novel concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also going to eventually look at um, online pricing, mm-hmm. or not online. Yeah, buying a car online, but then still doing delivery through dealerships. Which that seems fine. You know, I guess. I mean, I think eventually we're just going to get to the Tesla model everywhere where we get rid of all these awful dealerships. Yeah, but you're st- I think there's st- maybe eventually. I think for a long time though, we're I think we're very far away from that. For a long time, we're going to have a a place where you go to get your car. It's going to take it's going to take a lot to get, especially in less progressive areas of the country. You people want to go to the dealership and kick the tires, take it for a spin. Yeah, I but you can still do that at a Tesla dealership too, or Tesla a showroom, a store. Yes. store. It's yeah. also it's all, it's all easier to be you know flexible or cutting edge with your sales model mm-hmm. when you've got something that people are really interested in, really yeah. interested in. I mean, yeah, like Ferrari dealers, they have to exist because they've been existing, but they're Ferrari sell themselves, right? Yeah. So it's not uh, you know somebody who would like to care. Although Ferrari sales are a whole different thing with the whole like legacy system where you have had to add this model and this model to be able to buy this model you know so yeah it's um now moving on to a bit of old car news so i i was a big fan of the show mad men um don draper the lead character played by john ham they just they just had a massive auction of a bunch of mad men stuff one of the main pieces of the auction was his 1965 cadillac coupe de ville it's fucking rad you could just cruise around like don draper it sold for just under 50k Funny. That's what Allison Breeze Merkin sold for, too. <laughs> wow. Okay. I would have paid that much for it. Um, I like TV movie cars. I think this one's way up there in the cool factor. I mean, ma- imagine cruising around Southern California in that bitchin'-ass Cadillac. Yeah, it's a cool car. That and, that and the old Suicide Door Lincolns, those are two great cars of that era. Yeah, but this this one, that is a rad car. Yeah. And this this is a, a lot. You can buy a Coupe de Ville for much less than $50,000 in good shape. Um, but you can be like, oh, yeah, the previous owner, he's some, some ad guy from New York, you know, did a few big things. I think he did an ad for Coca-Cola. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be a really, really cool car to buy. And I think for a TV movie car, getting it for just under 50 as – Iconic as a show as Mad Men could prove to be as the years roll on, I think that's not a bad deal there. It's a sweet little ride. That's it, not a bad deal for everybody, it being yeah. that close to the show ending. Right. Okay, so that car, is there any other movie cars or like TV show cars that you guys could think of that you'd really want? Yeah, Ferris Bueller Ferrari. I would take the replica. <laughs> the one Fair that enough. sold for like 150 grand, the replica from the movie, which somebody fully restored, which isn't a real Ferrari, <laughs> but looks amazing and you can drive it and perfect yeah yeah and i think it has a um a, sh- a 350 under the hood or you know some s- form of chevy something V8. that runs yeah, yeah exactly it probably sounds awesome uh it looks flawless and it's that's a bitchin one there's a bunch of them. i love tv movie cars so there's a lot i'd take i'd take the general lee yeah i, I eh. have always loved that car i'm a i want a charger at some point in my car ownership life i would never get it and this is i've this is before the whole flag shit went down. Yeah. I've always hated that that car had a Confederate flag. So <laughs> I'm not like some activist. You know, I'm not going to go Just protest at Bernie Sanders. And it, the doors welded shut. That's fine. Yeah. I want black on black. Um, but yeah. And then what else is there? Oh, well, one of my dream cars is the um, 
the V8 Interceptor from Mad Max. That I have no idea how I'm going to make that happen, but someday that's, that's going to happen. That's a Falcon, isn't it? Yeah. It's a 1974 Falcon XB GT. Yeah. Oh, I want one so bad. That's a cool car. At their uh, Cars and Coffee, there's a few of them popping up since the one in Irvine went away. The one in Aliso, somebody had an Australian market Falcon at the show. Oh, a new um, one or an old one? No, old one. Yeah. Well, seven, Either way, they're cool. 70-something Falcon, four doors, uh, beautiful blue color, right-hand drive, 351 under the hood. It was the coolest. From my standpoint, it was the coolest car there. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Australian market cars are cool. Yeah, Aussie <laughs> cars aren't really cool. Oi, what about oi. you, um, I, I love movies. I love TV. I love cars. I've never latched onto any car from TV. Nothing jumps out at you. No. I mean, I, I loved Initial D when I was in high school, <laughs> but I'm not a cartoon, so I can't really have that. And so it's Well, you can buy an A86. I could, but yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not very good. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to dump a V8 in it or something, or two some JC. sort of. Yeah, I was gonna say. There's exactly. only one movie car I'd ever want: a Tim Burton Batmobile. <laughs> Jeez, all right. <laughs> I've sat in one. Um, it was at a Meekum auction. Someone was selling it and like looked around. No one was there, so we just fucking hopped in it for a second. Uh, yeah, which you shouldn't do at an auction, by the way. If you're listening to this, don't do that. The real movie cars are really kind of crappy, but there's a couple of guys that have built like ones that are supposed to be what it actually is. There's a guy in Texas that had one with a full turbine yeah. engine and yep. everything. When it was, it's. I'm like, okay, that's that's fun. Yeah, you can see that one on YouTube. I think it's like you know when he starts it up, it sounds like a jet. And yeah, you've got a full headset on, like you're sitting in a uh, helicopter, and like the dashboard is like an iPad. I think or it is like that. a helicopter engine, right? Like maybe a Bell jet or a Sikorsky or something. something. Yeah. yeah, that's well, they that's were throwing jet engines into those Y2K super. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> you could probably get uh, one for fairly I, cheap. That movie is so bad that it's good. I love that movie. Two-speed. It's a two-speed bike. Leno has one. Yeah. But um, you say Y2K, so I'm thinking of the movie, uh, I think it's Torque. Torque. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, that oh, movie's awesome. That was awful. <laughs> that movie was they so were like, like nitrous we in the did- chopper. <laughs> yeah. I love that they, they mean like, we did Fast and Furious. What if we subtracted <laughs> yeah. two wheels? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the people on Torque, some of them knew what movie they were making. Yeah. Some of them thought it was a very Wasn't different Lawrence movie. Wasn't Lawrence Fishburne in that? No, he's in Biker Boys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, Ice, that Cube. Ice Cube's in Torque, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah Ice Ice sounds right. Yes. Yeah. He's like the leader of the bad guys, but he comes to understand that the good guy, I don't know, <laughs> just go watch Torque. It's awesome. <laughs> get like If you get high, go get high. If you get drunk, go get drunk, and then watch Torque. Uh, moving on to other new car, new, or car news, um, Lamborghini has come forward and said, now, yes, it's official. We are going to build the, the Urus, or however you pronounce it. So they are going to make that SUV. There's no reason for them not to make this. The parts from the family parts bin are all there. Mm-hmm. It's going to raise sales, is it, no say, question. What platform is it going to be on, the Q5? No, is I think it's bigger than that. Q7, Cayenne, yeah, yeah. Q7 Cayenne, Cayenne. Actually, there's even a Q8 coming, so it could be on that. Of course, there is. Um, no, I think it's smaller than the Q8, it, yeah. But it's Q7. It's yeah, right there, right? It's right around there. Um, so, I mean, it's. I think it's way cooler than a Cayenne. It's you have well, to. Cayennes were cool when they first came out, and now they're like every soccer mom in Los Angeles right. owns one. The Macan's cool now because it's you don't see them as much as the Cayennes. Yeah. Um, as as easy it is as it is to hate on crazy sporty suvs i find them so much more interesting even though we just mentioned them a con i find them so much more interesting than uh cuvs um yeah and the the crazier the suv 
the more I come around and start to like it. Like if you have your regular batch of SUVs, the Explorer Sport is a good example. It's a regular, fairly expensive Explorer, but it's actually surprisingly good. Then you step up to like a Range Rover SVR where it starts to get crazy. Uh, Bentley has that, I can't even pronounce Bente it. Bentayaga. Yeah. That coming out, um, which I love. I think that's going to be awesome. And then this a Lamborghini SUV is going to be fucking awesome. There's going to be they're going to sell ninety percent of them in Russia, and yeah. it's going to be fantastic. It'll be hilarious if they put the V12 in them. I, well, Twin turbo V8. I'm it'll hearing. be particularly sad if they don't put the V12 in it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Or if they offer like like uh, a V10 like Q5 size one and then a V12 size Q7 one. That, they'll do, that would be I'm, sweet. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. almost certain they'll put the V10 in that thing. They probably won't do the V12 for, I think, as a mass manufacturer. I think twin turbo V8 is probably I think it's right. twin turbo V8. Yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, I would, wor- I would love to work at a buff book for the day where they do the Bentley Lamborghini SUV comparison. That would just be the dumbest, most fun day ever. This will be the best business move they've ever made, though. Oh, well, yeah. They'll sell a shit ton of them. The Gallardo was originally the best business move they ever made mm-hmm. so far. 14,000 cars. That's it's amazing. Lot. For yeah. them, it's so many cars. Uh, this will be the new best business move. So, yeah. There you go. Now, this little last bit of news, uh, Duncan, you can help us out on this one. Uh, United Sports Car Championship has a new sponsor. So it used to be Tudor, which is related to Rolex. Tudor is out, minus Daytona. Now they're the official watch sponsor of uh, IMSA. And now United Sports Car Championship is sponsored by WeatherTech. How much money does WeatherTech fucking have? <laughs> um, a lot. They've, they've, they've single-handedly <laughs> kept print in business. As far as I'm concerned, seven pages in the middle of every magazine. Yeah, I, I think the the exact number um, for WeatherTech is they have as much as they need, right. but they'd like more. Yeah. But they have too much. Right. Obviously, the, the, they always the ads are always the same. In the you know all, the buy is always the same in the magazines. And then for a while, it was the one showing off their new warehouse, like three pages of their new warehouse. Just like Jesus Christ, this is an ad to show you know how we're made in America and we believe in our people. And I, you know, it's. It's like Bigfoot. You often hear about it, but you n- I've never seen anyone with I don't know anybody with WeatherTech formats. I know. Maybe there's a thousand F100, F-150s in the middle of the country that all have WeatherTech formats. There's like a billion- I used to live in the middle of the country. I've never seen a WeatherTech <laughs> format. I mean, by all accounts, they look nice, but I mean, the markup must just be absurd on them because it's like a dollar of material and they sell a set for like 300 Yeah. Well, there's a reason we don't see them. No one needs a WeatherTech floor mat in California. Yeah. So... Um, like, oh, shit, it's it's misty out. <laughs> Good thing I have my weather tech. Um, but, I mean, it's nice of them to sponsor that. Now, what I'm thinking is they should start spending some money in the podcast arena. <laughs> weather tech, if you're listening, we would... Uh, we will relocate to an area of the country that needs WeatherTech floor mats. We don't even need that because we sell – this goes everywhere. That's true. This goes everywhere. So. Uh, yeah, WeatherTech, 90% of our demographic is in snowy mountain climates, and they love floor mat technology. So you should really advertise with us. Um, yeah. So that said, Duncan, it's time to talk about you and what's going on in your world. Uh, last time you joined us was on episode 16. Wow. All right. Is, has this been weekly it's this a, whole time, or you make me feel old? Yeah. Pretty much. Now, you know what episode this is? 116. Oh, wow. Let's pretend we planned this 100 episodes yes. later. Uh, it was June of 2013. So you were running ALMS, ALMS that season, um, not Luke Erickson's disease, ALMS, uh, and you were also doing <laughs> That's Pirelli a whole World very <laughs> different racing series. <laughs> you were also <laughs> Pirelli World Challenge then. 
This season, you're in a Ferrari 458 GT3 Italia. Yes. How um, has that been? It's been, uh, well, we personally had kind of a challenging up and down season, had a lot of like mechanical issues, people taking us out, but uh, the series has kind of completely cha- transformed since uh, 2013. The last time I was running it, at the time, I was in an Audi R8 GT3 car. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were in the Audi back in the day. Yeah, but th- at the time, they hadn't really embraced the GT3 regulations, and so they had t- taken a lot of aero off us, they t- restricted us down a lot, and given us crazy ride height rules. And uh, in the last two years, they've really gone for the GT3 uh, model. And so we had kind of a field between 13 and 25 cars um, in the GT cars in 2013. And this year, it's like 25 to 45. Yeah, Yeah, we had 48 cars, I think, at Coda. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's definitely like growing in leaps and bounds. Well, I mean, it's quickly probably become the most interesting racing series we have in this country. Uh, Yeah, especially... Tudor has started out with a few hiccups, but they had good-sized grids. But um, this year, it's really been sort of 7 to 10 cars per class. Um, so they've kind of had some uh, some shock from just how expensive that series is to run. And you've got <laughs> multiple manufacturers involved in, in World Challenge and just pushing it forward and forward and forward. How, how different is the Ferrari compared to the Audi? Um... It's. Uh, I haven't driven, driven a fully GT3 spec Audi, so okay. I'm not like totally confident in all the differences. But the Ferrari's got a lot more power than the Audi I was racing. Um, the downforce is a little bit higher, um, but I mean lap times were three to four seconds faster than we were back in the day at okay. some tracks. It's uh, it's a pretty significant difference. And it's on the same tire, more so, or less. So it's not all that. Give hmm. us a little bit of perspective. What were the power levels then versus now? Um, all the cars are still kind of BOP'd to be even with different right. size restrictors. So nobody's running fully open. Nobody, almost none of the cars are making as much power as the street versions. Isn't it about 500 across the board? Um. I, I think it's between 500 and 550, depending yeah. on the car. A lot of the like straight line speed differences in the cars come from um, just the sizes of the motors and who's got the best torque band. And it used yeah. to be uh, the closest that used to be the least amount of restriction, I think, was the Volvos, right, for a while? Uh, the Volvos were definitely very, very fast. And they had the, the best launch with the, the all-wheel drive. Uh, yes, they either got going really, really well or they broke on the spot. Right. But uh, <laughs> the, the Cadillacs actually, despite being two-wheel drive, they had that thing they is... had like drag car-like launches. It was unbelievable. And the new Cadillac were. car is fucking gorgeous. Well, I was going to ask is the... It looks the business. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, that's the best-looking race car I've seen in years. So the ATS VR, is it, it's racing? Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. With uh, O'Connell and Pilgrim. With the funny thing is, is, you know, I've been looking at the engine architecture difference between that and production and other than a dry sump system and like kind of a reworking of some of the cylinder heads it's it's like fully legitimately built off the factory motor is it oh it's a 3.6 twin yeah, turbo it's a 3.6 twin turbo the cylinder head setup on that thing is the most gorgeous piece of machine work i've ever seen in my life well i mean i drove that car that not the r uh that would be awesome i drove the ats v on the track and it was it's fucking sweet have you driven it jonathan yeah i drove it at road america nice and it was Amazing. I drove the I drove it at Willow, and it was uh, that was the first time I was on that racetrack where I started to feel comfortable because that's a scary racetrack, <laughs> uh, especially in something with a little bit of power. Because you're like, 
I don't know because you start getting used to eight into nine, and you realize you can go so much faster in that section. But it makes it so much scarier <laughs> when you come into nine and go onto that straight. Because the rest of the tracks, fine. You're just like, oh, quarter, sweet, this is fun. Oh my god, I'm going so fast. I'm gonna. There's a wall right there. I'm gonna. Uh, but it's it's that was a that car. It's like wow. I'm starting. To, it started to click a little bit that track, and it was a good feeling. And I think a lot of it was the car helped me out on that one too. So. Okay, let me ask you this. So going in cars that you used to driving in full arrow, right, have you ever gone and done laps like before the race in like just a regular factory car and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. This doesn't do what it should be doing? <laughs> um, not. Wait, I haven't had a lot of uh, opportunity to do it like at a race weekend because there's so much setup they're doing and this yeah. and that. Um, but the uh, yeah, the first time I get on a track, any other track, in a streetcar after I've been in a race because your brain hasn't is clicked it? over. You're like, I don't have everything I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, I, I was doing some shakedown work for the team in an older Ferrari Challenge car, mm-hmm. and it's the Ferrari Challenge cars are really, really, really heavily production based. Um, whereas the GT3 car, it's definitely based on the production car, but you've got a real race gearbox in it. Right. They've re- removed the shift paddles from the column to the wheel where they're supposed to be, and. Um, You've got a lot of arrow. And the first time I was in this F430 uh, challenge car, I was like, are, are they supposed to be like this? <laughs> 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 like, people like to drive this? This is terrible. <laughs> um, and, and that's a car they have a wing on the back because it's not the most sophisticated arrow in terms of the street car. Yeah. But they've got nothing on the front and it's just kind of floaty and uh, this is, it's interesting. Well, street cars have come a long way in like just the last five or six years in terms of arrow. I mean, look at the, the, the new GT3 and the ZR1. It's like, those are running serious arrow kits now, whereas the previous versions of that were like nothing. I yeah. mean, it might be a wing on the back and that was it. When I drove the uh, McLaren 650, when you get into hard braking, you can feel the rear sport you can feel yeah. it when it kicks up into an air brake you're just like holy shit that I, that's like one of the first times i've ever actually felt real aero in you a car you feel it when you're actually going also super fast in that car yeah. when you're on a, just a straight line all of a sudden the car starts to hunker down you're like oh i'm being pulled into, <laughs> into the ground right now this is neat this is yeah. interesting yeah uh it is a fun it's 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 a fun experience now it's this season has started out fairly interestingly what happened at long beach um, are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah. I, well, unfortunately, I was one of the ones who was, uh, was victimized there yes. and uh, didn't quite make it out in, uh, in one piece. But I, I've got no really good explanation for it um, <laughs> because it wasn't uh, like, like all sports car racing. We, we've got pros out there. We've got factory drivers and we've got gentlemen racers. And it's not like it was the inexperienced guys who were making all these mistakes. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? <laughs> um, it was people from the best guys in the field to the guys at the, who were perennially, who were always at the back of the pack just being idiots yeah. the whole time. Um, it was by like far and away the worst race I've been a part of um, in you know, 12 years of, of racing. It was it was an embarrassment. It was it, fun watching it uh, all unfold afterwards on Twitter because everybody <laughs> was bitching. Uh, and, I mean, there was people blaming people. There was – and. There was talk about um, the officiating and then the way it was handled at the top level. Uh, it was it was interesting to see, but it seems like it's all calmed down 
pretty nicely since then. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've certainly Long Beach, is, it's a tough place to race. You've got the walls everywhere, obviously, and it's a very frustrating place to race because it's yeah, just hard to pass because on. It's so narrow everywhere there. Yeah, as, especially from turn one uh, all the way through the like section past the oh, um, yeah. around the fountain yeah, with the dolphins that, by the aquarium. The fountain and stuff. is like, especially like even in video games, it's where everybody just piles up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you can you can go in too wide, but you can't come out too wide. Like somebody is going, yeah. <laughs> going to get rubbed off on, on a bush or a wall or something. Um, that happens yeah, in Long Beach all the time. Somebody goes behind the bush and gets rubbed off on. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Can't help it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Long Beach is particularly frustrating um, and produces a lot of bad races in, in a variety of series, but um, not that bad. Normally, nothing's that bad. But then two months later, we're at Detroit, which is also impossible to pass on, yeah. for, more or less. Surrounded by walls, especially if you work for Jalopnik. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Patrick. Um, and we had uh, we had a race that was green from flag to flag. The only race I've ever seen there that's that's not had a caution. So maybe people are thinking better. Of course, I you know didn't do anything wrong at Long Beach. I've been great this whole time. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, uh, throughout the season, in a, in a typical Pirelli World Challenge season, what what's your personal favorite track? Uh, Road America, Road yeah. America, and uh, and Mo Sport. Um, absolutely, my two favorite tracks uh, on this side of the world. What they're is it incredible. that appeals? Uh, they're fast, especially yeah. especially Motorsport, um, now known as Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. But yeah. uh, that's the only time I'm going to say that. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I mean that place sponsored is- by Brian Fellows. I mean Ron <laughs> Fellows. Sorry. <laughs> I mean that place is. I sponsored a racetrack. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that that place is in- is insane. I mean you've got tin corners. You've got Four of them in fifth gear or sixth gear, depending on the car. You've got one corner, exactly one corner that's slow. It's just like it's it's nuts. It's fantastic, and it's got elevation change like like yeah, it's very it's, it's, pretty it's unbelievable. It's very pretty course. Yeah, it's one of those places where you'll like go out around the track um, after you've done a session in a golf cart, and you'll look at like turn two there, and you'll be like, "Holy shit, I drove down that! <laughs> I didn't know it was that steep." <laughs> that's awesome. Now, uh, are there any other series out there that you're looking to try and be involved with beyond? PWC like uh, international endurance racing or any of that stuff. Um, well, I'm always looking. I'm, I'm always working towards getting to Le Mans. I did the test day there a few years ago, uh, and it's. I mean, that's my favorite track in the world. It's it's insane. Um, I've never been to the Nurburgring, so and, and I know that's the kind of a whole different kettle of fish. I kind of have that siloed off. Fast. As, as, as someone who's category. who's driven it once at a parade <laughs> lab, um, I mean, if you need any clues or helps. Just, just don't hesitate to ask somebody else because I don't remember it at all. Um, what did you test in at Le Mans? I was in a, an uh, Oreca FLM09, which is the PC class car. In, it's open, uh, yeah, cockpit, open right? cockpit, Corvette motor, uh, 6.3 liters, um, pretty heavily restricted. It's got a lot of downforce, but it's um, really inefficient. So you get to top speed and you're kind of stuck there for a long time at Le Mans, <laughs> but that's okay because it's still going really fast at Le Mans. Now, when you do the testing, is it just during the day or did you get any nighttime stuff too? No, no, it was just during the day, and it was it was a super limited uh, lap program. So like every time they call me in on the radio, I just I get sad. I, <laughs> I want to keep going. I never wanted to stop. Well, at least at least like if they call you halfway, you're like, well, at least I got a little bit of time before I get back in. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm 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 working towards uh, getting there, but um, sort of all of the all the big race series in Europe, the European Le Mans series, the Blancpain Endurance series, and the Sprint series, they all race really cool tracks. I mean, Monza, Spa. Um, well, I mean, Monza and Spa is kind of all you need. There but, you go. That's so, too, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm always looking, trying to uh, get over there because I've never driven anything over there other than uh, Le Mans. You know, poor, woe is me, obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, oh, that poor, would be poor a, man. Have you ever had any like inclination to go do off road racing at all? Or? Um, a little bit. Like, like I've, I've looked into some of the like GRC light stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know nothing about like real like you know like uh, off road rally stuff. Um, so yeah, I, it all seems cool. If it's well, got wheels, yeah, I want to drive it. But. Living here in Southern California, too, I mean, all the Baja stuff that goes yeah, on. But then you is... get all dusty and dirty. And... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah no, no, but it's, it's, okay. it's the it's best okay. thing ever. You get back in your car, <laughs> and you've got your WeatherTech floor mats, <laughs> yeah. and everything's going to be fine. I'm just going to get a WeatherTech race suit and be protected from everything. Um, WeatherTech, if you want to make me a WeatherTech race suit, I'll wear it. <laughs> <laughs> going hard after you and all your money. Two laps in, Jeff passes out from heat exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, now, last time you were here... 100 episodes ago i made fun of your car do you still have your audi all road yeah how's yeah, that treating you oh that doesn't look like a happy face i mean it's you know <laughs> it's it's okay it's it's good as a car it's full of really I dumb happy right. things. <laughs> yeah well yeah well at, at, at the time i i think i had i think i had ordered it but i hadn't um received it yet and i was i, w- I was confused about the uh coming bmw model uh wagon lineup and uh, didn't know that there was going to be the uh the diesel three the diesel, series wagon yeah. Which, oh yeah which that's carlos had carlos had a long-term he, one i think he loved it yeah he did but they optioned it out to i think like seventy thousand dollars oh yeah it was something crazy um but that probably would have been more your speed yeah i've, I've driven uh a couple and uh, i try to forget that i've driven them <laughs> because it makes me happier A4, on the day to day the A4 all-road isn't bad, but it's expensive. But you kind of just wish there was a non-all-road version, yeah, ex- like exactly. a regular A4 Avant exactly. with the other options you'd want. So <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I love that I asked that question, and nobody listening can see your face, but it was like, oh, I was right. Like, it's it's a nice car. It's just it doesn't live up to what it used to be, maybe. Yeah. And, I mean, Audi, some, some you know, some people – Love their Audis, and uh, but you know they just a lot of the interior bits really are just really really stupid to me. <laughs> but um, like somehow, like you know, so the MMI, MMI system backwards. somehow uh, has t- like three times as many buttons as an iDrive system. Yet I needed to I need to hit more buttons to get the same things accomplished that yeah. I would in I had a three thirty five D before this, and like i missed that car <laughs> i i was looking at buying a 335d at one point but i was i was really worried about the carbon issue with the intake manifolds you didn't have an issue with it no i had no issue yeah. my i had no issue i mean bringing up tires was the only issue i had nice. with 335d <laughs> uh how many races are left in the season um three weekends um five races we do double header double headers everywhere but long beach and laguna uh next weekend um we're in miller glamorous miller motorsports park in tuelli utah and then we go to sonoma the week after that's that gonna be Indycar. one of the last big races at that park you know maybe but um i understand that the family the miller family is divesting themselves of it but the uh, the county who owns the owns the land i think they're being really aggressive trying to find a new tenant it's okay. just if somebody's going to buy it or not or take up the lease or not because the one thing they have in in Tuelli is a no shortage of land so it's not like this uh yeah it's not like la where they're like we're itching to develop condos. it yeah um yeah so we've got that and then we're going to sonoma with indycar um which is uh, always really cool and then we're going to uh, laguna seca to wrap things up in september 
Uh, your wife probably has to like the Sonoma race because you just extend it into a little Napa vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, she she uh, didn't go to Ohio this year. Didn't go to Alabama. <laughs> not going to not going to Utah, but definitely going to. Uh, to Laguna and uh, Sonoma. Yeah. Good choices. Good choices. Uh, now, Jonathan, I want to take a moment yes. to talk about your recent experience. Ah, my recent experience. Now, the now, one that sucked. Yeah. So why don't you just give us a quick play-by-play of, of what happened? Okay. So I was, <laughs> I, was, I was shooting the bike. I was just taking some pictures for the review. And which bike was this? Uh, Kawasaki Z1000. Uh, just a little, small little bike. Yeah, just basic just transportation. Basic transportation that'll do 200 miles an hour in like three seconds. Basic transportation, commuter bike. Well, for for other riders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was taking pictures up in the canyons. I was on my way home. I had taken all the pictures. I was psyched that the pictures came out so well. I was ready to text my editors. I was like, yes, these are this, this going to be an awesome review. Come back down. Uh, sun's starting to sink low, and all of a sudden, I'm leaning into a turn, doing about 40, and gravel patch wipes out the front end. I try to correct the front end. It then high sides me oh. into the cliff wall, and I ragdoll for another about 20 feet. Um, broken shoulder, bruised lung, bruised back, gravel rash on my shoulder, and... Uh, a bunch of bruises everywhere else. Damn. You yeah. are only the second worst motorcycle crash story on this podcast. Uh, Zach is somewhere Zach, in Zach, yeah. Yeah, he still wins. wins. It's not a contest. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> if it was, you won. So congratulations. Blake. Blake's third because his was – I think he damaged a peg. Um, <laughs> this was not damaging a peg. Uh, I, think da- I think Blake just damaged his ego more than anything. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and the clutch. Um, that's nuts. Well, we're glad you're okay-ish. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay-ish, yeah. Uh, yeah, so – I'll heal. Yeah. Now, uh, any, no more bike reviews coming up too soon uh not too soon uh, although i did get an email from kawasaki today they're like we have a z800 i'm like all right <laughs> are you serious <laughs> what did they say about the, the bike that you put they're picking down? it up today um but from what i remember of like looking at the bike after the crash it didn't it didn't look like it was totaled it looked like the left hand side would be just scratched up to hell and probably the bars fucked imagine if they send that to the next person who has it scheduled like all fucking i know scratched who has shit. it the next oh yeah it's manny oh nice <laughs> uh manny's another friend of the the podcast so but yeah um, they're supposed to they were supposed to get it the day after i returned it nice that's so exciting they get stuff. nothing they, suck it you get nothing <laughs> Um, Chris, what is going on in your world with the Corvette? There's some shit going uh, on there. Well, I just got new seats. Uh, so those came in over the weekend. Um, and then I've got a set of coilovers on the way from uh, Stance USA. Uh, so you're going to you're gonna just slam it and yeah. poke the <laughs> See, tires out? That's the unfortunate thing. Is they've got, you know, I think that's where they started, and now they're actually building like serious coilovers. It'd be funny if they were like a 50s drag racing company, and they just hate this movement and what the name has yeah. become. yeah. Actually, I think they kind of predate like the whole Stance Nation thing, um, because they were really big with like the the Evo guys and the WRX guys a long time ago. So they were back in like the Genko jeans era. And, yeah, yeah, and exactly. Biscuit. Uh, yeah, everybody had the thirty uh, six inch. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, thank you. That's um, the one thing. So you got that, and then uh, I got my Brembo brakes came in over the weekend. 
so yeah, there's a bunch of stuff brewing. Uh, I'm going to be uh, figuring out how to adapt some things soon here. Mm. But that car is going to get interesting. Uh, and then the Fiesta on Thursday, uh, we're finally going to go and install everything on that. So that's the entire Mountain, basically everything they sell. You're going to smoke Thad's Fiesta, right? Uh, we will see. That will be a video in the future on the Spoken Tire. So That'll be a good that. one. That'll be a good one. Uh, and then there's bushings and everything going on that car. And, so. and buy your scooter, right? Because it's just sitting there. Yeah, Someone I still got to take pictures scooter. of it and throw it online. Anybody listening, buy. you should buy it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a reason why. I just give Chris money. Um, Jonathan, how's your golf? It's wonderful. Um, me and Chris were just talking off the podcast, and we're going to do some suspension work with it. So that'll be fun. What does it, it have from the factory? Uh, the DCC, the dynamic yeah, controlled. That's stuff. the optional, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got a, you got a loaded golf R. Yeah. Must be nice. Take that yeah. out? <laughs> huh? You're gonna take that out? No, fuck no. Oh. I'm just gonna add to it. No. It's gonna make it more adaptive. Yeah. Uh, many more settings. Porter, is this you? No, it was me. No. Porter, wow. It's delicious. You never had that? Good? Yeah. Yeah, huh? that's that's pretty good. Oh. Especially oh. we're talking about yeah. beer. Right. Mr. Farah's oh, back from uh, Japan. I didn't drink any beer over there. I, did, uh, I drank like two, but I was like blackout. We ordered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Japan's beer is very plain. I also plain. Drank four, we drank 14 beers. I just forgot about it. 14, like 14 different beers? You had 14 beers. No, there were seven of it's, oh, it sounds, never mind. It's, it's, see, everybody it's, listen oh, in oh, on the Tire podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's driving the Maxima? Is that you? Yeah. Flat bottom wheel? Really? Yeah. Really? It's not even the, it's the SL. It's not even the sporty oh, one. That, you have that this week? It is. Just, yeah. Flat pairs, the flat bottom steering wheel pairs right. nicely with the CVT. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has 300 horsepower, though, which is kind of crazy for what it is um it's it not has, bad it's not bad pretty well, torque steer too though it, it, yeah but front wheel drive 300 horsepower is gonna happen unless you have a drift mode All focus right, confession <laughs> i think i reviewed a 2009 maxima the last major redesign whatever that was i drove that one i kind of liked it too <laughs> you haven't driven this one yet no. it's not bad i drove uh, in the snow and, and we went to monticello in their huge parking lot and i was doing massive Foot handbrake. Oh God! Spinnies. There's a video of it. <laughs> spinnies. Technical term. Um, Duncan, what's going on with your fleet besides the all road that you love so much? Um, to uh, put me out of my misery, or not that kind of put me out of my misery, but to uh, save my sanity, my wife uh, bought a BRZ last oh. year. Okay. So uh, we got that. It, it's louder than than it should be. Um, so have you done stuff to it? Yeah, it's got a capac intake um reflash for you know all all three uh you know extra horsepower horsepower, that's worth whatever it is but uh yeah i mean it's good fun nice very nice um as you heard i've been driving the um the new maxima all week and it's really nice inside the outside you're either gonna love it or hate it i think the daytime running lights look good um I think the styling is interesting because it's, you know, midsize sedans can tend to be fairly boring. So at least it's something different inside. It's very comfortable. Uh, the screen is, is very nicely done and, um, easy to read all the seats are comfortable. It's got 300 horsepower, which it doesn't fe- It feels like it has a good amount of horsepower, but the CVT kind of, I think robs some of the sensation of the, the shifts, you know, would, would get more into it. The steering feel isn't bad. Uh, the one I'm driving is $37,000, which is a lot of money. But you know the way it's equipped, it's pretty nice. So. I think that's the most powerful production car you can get a CVT in. 
That is a good question. Because everything now else I'm is little thinking. tiny four cylinders. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. Now I really want to ponder that. I'm going to have to look at you. You're probably right. Yeah. I think you're right. I can't think of anything else. Like, there's no, you know, Audi RS5 CVT or something. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. CTSV CVT. <laughs> um, that would be shitty. Uh, so, uh, additionally, on, on some updates on the fleet, my fleet stuff, uh, Wombat, apparently there's work being done this week. I don't know what that work entails, but stuff is happening to the wagon. So hope, hopefully hopefully that's true. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I looked at the, the car last week. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> the engine and trans are still in it. Nothing's hooked up. CSV with a CVT would be the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you'd be in the power the whole time? Yeah, yeah, because it would come on real smooth. Yeah, it would. Right? You probably wouldn't fucking... Didn't they ban CVTs from Formula 1? Yeah. Yes, yeah. they did. The, yeah. Well, the, the, everybody always forgets the CVT that at one point it came about and it was amazing technology that was too good for racing because it kept the race cars in the power the whole time. So, yeah, maybe a CTSV. mode that would keep it at 1,800 RPM no matter the speed. And 28 miles a gallon. Yeah. That. 640 right. horsepower <laughs> CVT. Um, Cadillac, get on that. CTSV CVT. C- yeah, okay. That'd be confusing as fuck to say. Uh, Hoon Truck ordered a new radiator finally. New radiator comes okay. tomorrow. Ordered new plugs and wires, uh, which I think will help with a little bit of the hesitation I get on load sometimes. Have uh, you changed the distributor on that already? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, installed new headlights because I'm so good at mechanic stuff. Uh, it, that was the easiest thing yet to yeah. change. Uh, yeah. They're LED headlights, So, and I haven't. I don't drive the truck at night yet, so I don't know how but they now look. now you can. Now I can. Yeah. Um, it's, these headlights are pretty sweet because they're from Peterson Lighting. They're, they're actually pretty expensive, but I got them for free because I'm a <laughs> grubby journalist. Um, they're LED. They bolt right into the original 7-inch round mm-hmm. location. And, yeah, so we'll see. It was the easiest thing I've ever done mechanically. <laughs> so it's it was basically great. just the same as changing like a regular It's like six screws, plug. yeah, and then plug. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, oh, I... I'm working on a company who's going to put a complete audio system in the truck. Um, I don't want to fully get into it until it's all finalized, but just probably like two, nothing crazy, two to three speakers, a slimline sub hidden under the seat, um, and a new head unit. And I so just, basically, you're, so you're not listening to your Bluetooth speaker in the truck. I have nothing in there right now, and yeah. it sucks. I, I am one of those people who likes to listen to music when they drive. Like, really, it enhances the experience. And having nothing sucks even though all i've been doing in the truck is just cruising to the coffee shop and back um but yeah that could be fun because uh, again good audio uh and this company has some other cool projects that we'll be diving into more of that as well is but, the hoon truck an environment where you can listen to music or just <laughs> metal uh well it's it's not a f- it's not fast yet so you cruise you just kind of cruise it's right now it's the cruise truck i guess uh but hopefully it will Soon live up to its nickname. I've just I've been in a lot of trucks at moderate speed that were not exactly you know an audiophile environment. No, and this isn't going to be this isn't going to be anything crazy, um, but basic and clean. Not you know, I said I don't want anything basic. They're like we wouldn't do basic with this truck anyway. <laughs> um, so I just want clean music with that can connect to my modern iPhone and and so all that. Well, you don't happen. even have a radio in there. Right well, now, I cut right? it out. It was the like old school dual shaft tape player. And I was gonna. I, here's the thing that it, it kind of kills me is I've always been one of those guys. Don't cut up a dash. Don't cut up a dash. Just keep an old radio in there and then hide your actual radio 
in the glove box, under a seat, you know, keep the stock. And I'm cutting a hole in Now that you've had to live with <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, because at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I, it's my truck. But if but if you listening out there don't cut up your dash because yeah whatever don't you could just don't go, do like, as singer. Donnie don't does you could just go the singer route and just hide all that like fun new stuff yeah in the that's, actual that's, old position that's one way I describe my truck the singer route <laughs> no uh, but never know I want to get the next thing I want to get fixed after hopefully the radiator fixes the cooling issue is I want to get the drive shaft issue taken care of and then I want to do the truck's first burnout because I haven't done a burnout with the truck yet. And then it can start to live up to his name. Oh, I got to do a roll pan still so I can finally bolt my license plate on because it's still stuck in the rear window by uh, gaffer tape. <laughs> so it looks fucking stupid. Uh, but it's been fun and uh, we're getting there. And I, I, like I said about the Wombat, the wagon, I hope I have an update soon. I think we're going on two years on that car. Yeah. The entire uh, existence of that car will be chronicled via podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it's, it's, we're getting there. So, I think I don't really know I just made that up I don't know what's happening you're just hoping yeah Fingers hopes and dreams uh, Duncan tell everybody where they can find you online follow you in this great social media world uh, I'm on Twitter at Duncan Indy and if you like pictures of race cars and my dog I'm also on Instagram nice uh, same on Instagram I think so okay. I'm not really sure and for the listeners how do you spell Indy E-N-D-E Jonathan, tell everybody where they can see your crash photos. Uh, you can find those on boldride.com and B-O-L-D-R-I-D-E. Thank uh, you. Our, our listeners aren't that stupid. No, <laughs> you never know. People mishear that all the time. They're like, bull ride? Oh, bull? Bull ride. Yeah. yeah. The number one Lamborghini <laughs> dating site. Um. <laughs> uh, where can they find Bro. you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-O-N underscore Klein, K-L-E-I-N. I'm going to start a parody dating website for gay Lamborghini owners called Bull Ride. Uh, Chris, where can everybody find you and also tell them about what they can do for podcasts? All right. Well, you can find me in the usual place on Twitter just being kind of a dick. Uh, at Hayes Data. Uh, this is what I do. Um, or arguing with jackass commenters that are telling everybody that, you know, Jonathan should go fuck himself uh, because he's a nice guy. He doesn't need to go fuck well, himself. Well, just to back up on that, there was a commenter on Bull Ride who – Kept he continues to espouse the fact that Jonathan, if he didn't have gear on, he yep. would have been safer because he would have been more focused, which is yeah. the dumbest fucking argument I've ever heard. The only reason he's sitting here is because he had gear on. His argument basically is that if you're terrified, you'll be a rider. rider which yeah, is, be more focused. For it's it's that's like going the, on. It's, yeah, like, he's the no. motorcycle version of the uh, that famous video. Uh, I should be in the fastest run group. I drive flat out. That's how I drive. Uh, no. Well, and, and fuck that guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, and then, of course, you can go to uh, shoutengine.com if you want to do a podcast. Um, as I said, there are some pricing changes. It's going to be less expensive, I will say that. It's just a matter of getting a few things together to, uh, to change that out. But um, we'll get the free plans, and you guys can go and start out and see how you like it, and uh, hopefully produce something that uh, other people will like. Awesome. Duncan, do you know the dates for the uh, races this season? Um, or we can just tell them to go to PrairieWorldChallenge.com. Yeah, go, go to WorldChallenge.com. Uh, no, I got the dates. Why oh, not? smart. Just, yeah, I just don't know what day it is today. Um, the 10th. Yeah, Miller. We're going to be racing on uh, Saturday the 22nd and the 23rd of August, following week in Sonoma, the 29th and 30th. And then Laguna Seca is September the 13th. And what do you do in the off season? Just 
I, I, I try and hustle that sponsorship. Wear yourself. Uh, I, I try. In front of the I try and not sit in front of the, uh, at, you know, at the configure BMW 3 Series wagon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I try and make sure that I don't. I, I train enough that I can eat what I want and still fit in the race car. Oh, I'm gonna have to figure out how to do that myself. Uh, so you just need a race car. And yeah, there's whatever. There's a whole lot of fat going on right now. Um, all right, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Hooniverse Jeff. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jay Glucker. Go to our website, Hooniverse.com. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. Also, go to our YouTube channel and help us keep growing our subscriber base there. We're the Hooniverse on YouTube. And uh, that's episode 116, exactly 100 episodes after your last one. So we'll see you at 216. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, me.